welcome to the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast. I'm your host, Lubna, and I am flying solo today. The Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast is a bi-weekly podcast where we give you insight into the personality of successful sushi-adoring entrepreneurs, showing you that success is all about having fun in and with your business without the hustle and the grinding. And boy, do we have an amazing guest for you this week. And I know... I say that about every guest, but let's be honest, sushi-adoring entrepreneurs are the best. So this week, I am very honored to introduce you to Ellie Natoli, who is an international best-selling author, speaker, and coach. Ellie helps entrepreneurs to go from struggling, scattered, and overwhelmed to clear, confident, and profitable, which is important, ladies and gentlemen. By taking the mystery out of marketing, she gives them the tools, expertise, and ability to take control of their businesses. Ellie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's <laughs> a pleasure. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. We love to have to connect with other sushi adoring entrepreneurs. So let's dive straight in with one of the most important questions of this podcast. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> What's your favorite sushi and why? My favorite one is rainbow roll. And I don't know, they don't call it the same thing everywhere. Do the, where you are, do you have a rainbow roll? We have a rainbow roll. Yes, yes, yes. But please describe it. Awesome. I will describe it. So it is like rice on the bottom, different sashimi on top. So you have like shrimps, you have salmon, tuna. There's another fish. I can't remember the name of that. The white fish. What is that called? It could be anything. (laughs) It could be anything. So anyway, there were eight of them. So delicious. So creamy. That's what I love about it. And the place that I go to, which is near our house, they do a twist on it, which is crunchy, spicy rainbow roll. So so you get like the whole package, right? You get like the creaminess, you get the sashimi on the rice, and then you get like hint of spiciness. They have like this spicy mayo and they put this crunchy stuff on top. I think it's like panko. So, oh my gosh, I'm getting hungry talking about it. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Every time we do this, I'm thinking, oh my God, why do I talk about sushi? Because I can salivate and I want sushi. <laughs> why is this your favorite? To me, it's a comfort food. I don't know. So uh, my story is I didn't even know anything about sushi until I was in my 20s. And I was dating this guy and he said, I have one important question for you. If this relationship is going to work, the answer to this is going to determine that. I'm like, oh God, what is he going to ask me? <laughs> and he goes, do you like sushi? Oh, that believe is it or such not, a I had question. <laughs> I had never heard of sushi only because I'm originally I'm from Iran. So we don't have sushi there. And I had just moved to US. That was something I had not experienced. So there was a lot of, you know, like, okay, let's go have sushi. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to like it. I don't know if I'm going to like it. So we went out, we tried it. I had California roll because it's like the least, I don't know, threatening. It's the start of sushi. I use it to convert people from non-sushi to sushi. Yeah. Exactly. And I didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking bites. I'm like, what is this? But you know what? I'm like, oh, maybe I'll warm up to it. So I didn't say anything. I'm like, it's okay. It's, I don't, you know, it's different. But the next time that I tried it, it, it was like one of those things that it just grew on me. And I was like, oh, this is so good. 
And ever since then, I've been hooked on it. And my kids, like from when they were like in tiny bed, they're, they're like hooked on it too. <laughs> so that's our like comfort food. And that's also like if on my birthdays, we have to go have sushi. That's how much I love it. <laughs> and sometimes my kids, when I ask them what, like, where do you want to go for your birthday? Like dinner wise, sushi is like the main one. <laughs> I love that. I do the same thing. On my birthday, I have sushi. I had sushi on the 31st of December to end the year and to celebrate the new year. I had sushi. So yeah, there are those moments besides the once a week sushi, which is a challenge in lockdown, but I try to have it as much as possible. I've even shared with people that I can eat sushi every day, all day long, but I don't because I'm so afraid that after one full week of eating only sushi, I would start to hate it. And I love it too much to start hating it. <laughs> I would start hating it, but I do get bloated afterwards because yeah. I don't do well on white rice. And we have this other place where they make sushi with quinoa and brown rice. And I've been trying that as well. And it's really good also. So, I mean, it's not as good as with white rice. That's like different level good. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but yeah, I switch yeah. it around. So I don't, but I do get I don't know if it's like combination of rice and the soy sauce that makes me all inflamed. But I don't think I would hate it. I could eat it every day. <laughs> I'm, just tired not, of it. I'm not willing to, to find out what would happen if I were to eat it every Smart day, all day long. <laughs> Being afraid yeah. that I would say I would never want to have any sushi anymore. And I love that you shared that because I've been experimenting with my sushi too. There's a poke bowl restaurant here in, in The Hague specifically oh, that does poke bowls with quinoa and brine rice. And I thought, okay, let me try mm -hmm. this instead of the standard white rice sushi and i have to say i really enjoy the quinoa uh, really and brine yes. rice variation of the poke bowl it really especially with tuna really is that combination of flavors and crunchiness in a bowl so yeah i think it's great and i've experienced more fusion style sushi with caribbean and that type of also amazing to see a sushi that is inspired by Caribbean cuisine. So they are, there are a couple of, you don't have to stay with the standard sushi classical. Um, they are exactly. absolutely amazing. So, so I have a question for you, Lubna, before you yeah. ask me the next question. Yes. <laughs> Between poke bowl and sushi, is there, do you have a favorite? <laughs> like which one rises to the top? <laughs> Yeah, I still have to go with the sushi. I like them both, yeah. to be fair. Same. I like to switch things up. So a poke bowl is really a one-off good meal. With sushi, I have mm -hmm. to have a variety of sushis. And I like to, exactly. and especially when I go to an all-you-can-eat restaurant, then I like to switch it up and have a variation of it. But if I really have to, then I like the variation part because that's part of my personality. I like variation. I don't want to do, I don't want to Same. be predictive. If I can predict what happens next, I'm already bored. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, I want to spice it up. I want to want to go through variation. So, but that's because it's my personality. I like that. I always order the California roll. That is the starter sushi. And it's still one of my favorites. But it's the very mm -hmm. first sushi. I always order that first and then go into, okay, what can I try and what's new on the menu and how can we go through all of those variations? So yeah, I have to stay <laughs> true to myself. <laughs> Variation is part of my personality. I have yeah. to choose the, the sushi. Although 
you can choose a variety of poke bowls. I mean, a poke bowl, especially if you get to choose your own ingredients, which this specific poke bowl restaurant that I'm talking about does, you can choose the brown rice, quinoa or white rice. You can even choose salad if you want to. And then you can choose which other ingredients you want in there, including the sauce. So Mm -hmm. I can create my own variation. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if I really, truly have to make a decision between those two options, then it's sushi. Yeah, I'm with you. And the variety is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's the deciding factor here. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So before I ask the personality question, which is coming up, I will ask the Gail question. Gail is one of the co-hosts of the Entrepreneur Strategy Club. Wasabi, yes or no? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. (laughs) It's not the same. You have to have wasabi. (laughs) And you have to have, like, fumes coming out of your nose. has to happen. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. You've just scored Gail bonus points because Gail is absolutely (laughs) wasabi queen. And the more, the better. So every guest, whenever she's on, she goes, wasabi. And almost looking at them, piercing through, going, you better say yes. And you better say a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not the same without it. Yeah. Absolutely no, yes. m- most definitely. I mean, there's a reason why sushi is served with wasabi. So it has a purpose. So you better put, l- even if you put on a little bit, but you have to do it. You have to do Absolutely. It. Now, ginger or no ginger in between your sushi bites? Ginger. Yes. I mean, palate. I love the Japanese <laughs> practice. I mean, the ginger, especially with different variations. I mean, the ginger is the one that neutralizes your palate so that you can prepare for the next bite. Exactly. And I really want to taste that fish, ladies and gentlemen. So <laughs> you can't just put everything in your mouth every now and then. You got to neutralize your tongue gotta before you get it. to this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So another important question. If your personality were a sushi, what would the ingredients be? And why? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's such a fun question. <laughs> I know. So it'll be, I don't even know what it's called. I've only had it once. So it's wrapped inside the, um, now my brain is freezing. The nori? The nori, thank you. And it's like veggies in there and there's, uh, sashami in there. What is that called? A hand roll. Hand roll. Thank you. <laughs> I would be a hand roll only because I'm wacky and I'm like not like your typical normal, you know, like only rice and sushi on like sashami on top. I mean, I'm a little bit different. <laughs> I think I would be that. <laughs> so we've got the nori, we've got the rice. What's in the hand roll? I don't think there is any rice in there. It's just the nori. There's fish eggs sometimes in there. Could like, be. Like the bigger fish eggs in there. Yeah. So it's not like your little little ones. And then I think you have like veggies like carrots. And I've only had it a couple of times. So it's not like my go-to thing. And then you get your sashami, choice of sashami. You, you do um, unagi or you do any type of sashami. Okay. So um, what does that represent? We know you're wacky. You just said. Yeah, I think, I mean, looking at it, even looking at it is wacky. It's not your typical sushi. Like you get on a platter, like nice and neat, you know, it's just something different about it. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So what else? What else? Share us a little bit about your personality. I mean, people tell me that I'm really bubbly, especially my family members. I like to joke around a lot. I like to see the light side of things, not to take myself too seriously, 
I am very one mind type of like, if I make up my mind, that's it. I have to keep going until I get there. Very persistent. What else? And I am OCD when it comes to organization. Everything has to be organized around me. Everything. Like before I go to bed, the entire house has to be organized, especially the places that I'm going to be around in the morning. And in the morning when I get up, I have to first make sure like everything's organized before I like sit down and have my cup of coffee. Same thing with my working space has to be all clean, organized before I can sit down and work. So I'm like OCD organized. (laughs) Yeah, but it is one of the dimensions in personality. If you use the big five personality module, which is one of the most reliable ways to look at personality is you're either chaotic or you're organized to almost OCD level. Mm. I'm more of the chaotic person. (laughs) (laughs) I like a little bit of diversity and chaos around me, but I still know where to find each and every item. It drives my mother mad because she goes, how can you find anything in this? Because she is more of the ordered type. I go, but I know exactly where everything is unless someone touches it and moves it. Then I go completely mad. So you have a method to your madness, right? You I have a daughter. Method. She's the I same do. way. <laughs> there is a method. There is a structure, even though you may not be able to distinguish it That's from sight. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I just love that. So we've got a wacky OCD bubbly personality. I love combo. it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love all of those (laughs) variations that we get to connect with on this podcast in terms of personality and who they are and how they show up in the world. So tell us a little bit about your business, Ellie, because of all this sushi talk, you would think that's that's what all of our lives are. That's what I do, right? (laughs) All day long. That's what I'll think about. (laughs) So I am, I call myself a service-focused marketing strategist. And really all it is, is I lead with my, like the biggest thing for me is making sure that my prospects, the people in my audience are taken care of. And if I show up every day, making sure that I am taking care of them and I'm putting them up front and center, everything else happens automatically selling my stuff, getting them on my email list, All of that happens, right? Because they can see, you know, I know this word like authenticity and integrity, but, you know, it just becomes this like word that everybody throws around. But if you truly, every day you wake up with that purpose, like my purpose is, I know what it is. I got to help these type of people. These are my audience. These are my people. And you show up with every intention to do that, right? That's being authentic. And that's where you find that passion to show up. You know what you're doing. You find that focus, that clarity. And again, people will see that. They connect with that. And that's how you're able to turn them really easily into becoming customers and clients. Yeah. So that's what I teach as well, right? Some marketing strategists and aside from like the tools and tactical stuff, you know, building your audience and putting together funnels and creating an offer that's unique to you, so on and so forth. In the background of all of that, I show my clients how to do it from that perspective, right? Every step that you take, make sure you're doing it, you know, by putting your clients and customers first. 
So that was my not so short answer about what I do. <laughs> no, no, I love it because it's important for people to understand what our guests do because we show both the personality as well as their entrepreneurship. I mean, it's the two passions that we've combined on this podcast. So uh, that is absolutely brilliant. So what I know about you is that you help entrepreneurs go from struggling, scattered and overwhelmed into clear, confident and profitable how do you do that? What if I'm one of those overwhelmed, scattered, thinking, am I ever going to get this right? What would you tell me? Before they work with me, right? 95 people who want to start a business or they're running a business, chances are that you're leading like day to day, the most important thing, like the top thing that you're thinking about or you're doing is tactical stuff right? And you're chasing tactical stuff. Strategy is always not even thought about. It's like in the back burner. A lot of people don't even know what that means, like having a strategy. They think like a strategy is like writing out a plan of what I want to sell. But to me, if you can take a step back and think about your strategy first and build a foundation around that strategy, right? So I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, right? For it doesn't matter what tools and platforms or tactics you're going to use, right? If you want to sell stuff online, you need to have four things in place in your foundation. That's not non-negotiable. It's a must, right? And those four things are number one, you need to have a way to be able to attract the right people to you. From there, once you attract them to you, you need to have a method to engage with them properly so that they know you're there, your offers are there, and that you're the answer to their ongoing prayers, right? And now that you're engaging with them, you need to keep the engagement going and you need to nurture them properly, right? To build a relationship with them, to build trust with them. And when you do that, the last phase, right, is the conversion part. So you need to have these four things. And the problem is, again, like a lot of people don't really know anything about these four phases and they need to have it in their business, right? So they're chasing tactical stuff. By that, I mean, if someone's saying like, buy my webinar system, I'm going to show you how to put together webinars so you can sell your offers. Well, if you don't know where that webinar fits into this framework, you're not going to get results. What they're not showing you is that what happens prior, right, of all of that, the stuff that needs to happen before people join your webinar. And when they do, not everybody's going to buy from you, even if you have the best webinar put together. What do you need to do afterwards, right? These are the things that don't really show you. And I can go on and on about all of these things, like Pinterest strategy, Instagram strategy, Clubhouse strategy, right? If you understand these four phases and you actually take the time to build these four phases in your business, like build a, and I know the word funnel is sounds like this complicated, complex thing, but it really isn't. It's just a funnel to me is a journey. It's a path yeah. that you take your prospects through to give them the outcome that they want. So they, you know, eventually like turn them into buyers, right? So if you take the time to understand how you can build that path, that journey from beginning to the end, where you can attract, engage, nurture, and convert them. And also because you have clarity, you also lead them, right? You can't just put those things in place and be like, ah, I guess people will go through it. No, you're the one who needs to lead them through those four phases, right? And then you can make intentional decisions, purposeful decisions about like what tactical things can I use for each of these stages, right? If I want to attract people to me, 
Do I need to write articles? Do I need to do videos? Do I want to be on social media? Whatever works for you. And there is no right and wrong answer. It's all about what can you stick to, right? What can you be consistently doing that it's like comfortable for you to do on a consistent basis and you can pull it off, right? Because if you do something one day and then don't do it for five days, it's not going to give you a result. Yeah. So that's what I help people do, right? Recognize what this path, this um, framework looks for them in their business and how to implement it and then help them decide on which tactical stuff they need to do to be able to dispatch, to build this pathway, this journey for their clients. And that's how, you know, when you understand that framework, that strategy for your business, immediately that's where the clarity comes from. That's where you're not like chasing this thing and doing, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. That's where the overwhelm comes from, right? So when you're doing that, the clarity that, you know, that confidence also comes through because you know the steps that you're taking is the steps that you should be taking and you feel confident, you feel good about it. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, if you've done a good job of doing that, you'll be making money, you'll become profitable. It's really as simple as that. Yeah, no, and and I love it. I think a lot of this is being made complex while it's not. And I do agree with you. I mean, I speak to overwhelmed entrepreneurs quite regularly. And the one thing, the majority of the thing that I help them with is to really remove most of the things that they're doing, remove most of the tactics that they are focused on, because it's not a matter of adding something into your day-to-day task list or to-do list, however you want to call it. It's more of taking those things out that you're doing, but are not contributing to your goal. And that's what I love that you shared that pathway is when you know when your goal is, then whenever someone is saying, but why are you on Clubhouse? The reason is not because everyone else is. Or when you ask someone the question, why are you posting on social media? Because that's what they tell you you need to do. Your answer will be, I am posting on social media and I'm posting specifically in this order because it helps me attract the right people and defer the wrong people because it's as much as an attraction process as it is a filter process to get no attention from those people you do not want attention from you'll be very specific and that's a level of clarity and confidence that you want to have so that you're not putting in a lot of energy and effort into things that are not contributing. I'm be- I'm getting a little bit on my soapbox because I'm all about working smarter and working happier and there's no, too many people are doing too many things it. that are not doing that. No, I love it. That, that was such a nice recap and wrap up and also all these little very must-have add-ons. I really love the way that you put it and you position it. That's absolutely right. Yeah. And um, you were seeing me. I'm like, yes. Yeah, I love it. 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 A little bit of acknowledgement uh, that I've been listening very good, very intensively to your story, uh, Ellie. So for um, someone that is listening right now and thinking, I am that scattered, confused, overwhelmed entrepreneur. And yes, I don't believe I have that pathway. What's the very first step they can take towards getting that pathway, that strategy in place so that tactics make more sense? So my answer is something that I know maybe your listeners are going to roll their eyes because they've heard it so many times. And that is get to know your audience, get to know like everything you need to know about them. And by that, I don't mean like, where do they live? Do they have a three-legged dog or, you know, none of that. Like, do they like mustard with their, you know, hot dogs? No, none of that. 
but what it is that they're experiencing day to day when it comes to the topic that you are the authority of, right? What is their underlying problems, their struggles? Where are they stuck? What do they really wish to be able to do? Like you need to get to know them and all of that. Because when you do that, I feel like that's like the very first step. And from there, you can make good decisions about how do you get in front of them? How do you attract them? What are they resonating with? What will they resonate with? How do you properly engage with them? What content to put in front of them? To me, all the other pieces will come together a lot easier than if you don't do that. And I know it's not like the sexy thing to do because we all want to just do like the, the first thing everybody wants to do is like put together their website, you know, that's, <laughs> that's nice, right? Or <laughs> create their services and products and like going out there and trying to figure out it's time consuming to get to know your audience. It is boring. I get all that, but it's time well spent. And if you do that, you're just gonna, everything else will just go very, very smooth for you. So I can imagine someone listening and thinking, okay, that sounds like good advice, but how do I get to know my target audience? Yeah, that's great advice. So um, that's a great question. So the answer is you need to find out where the likely places are that this audience, they congregate or where the likely places this audience goes to get answers to their questions, right? If this audience, let's say, is on Google searching, like, how do I, you know, lose weight without exercising? That's where you need to go. Like, find, you know, search tools like KW Finder, Sam Scoop, Sam Rush, like any of these tools to try to get into their head, right? Try to understand where they're coming from. What questions are they asking? Let's say if they're on YouTube looking for like, how do I do a keto diet? I look at that videos, then maybe you need to go there and look for answers in there. Maybe they're on LinkedIn. Maybe they're in, inside Facebook groups. Point is try to figure out where you think the likely places are that your audience goes to, to find solutions or answers to their problems and try to show up there. And the first thing that you want to do is just observe and listen and pay attention because a lot of stuff will come to the surface when you're observing them and you're just listening into the conversations. And then after that, you can sort of engage with them. Let's say if it's in, inside Facebook groups that you're in, you can engage with them, but you don't want to directly ask them questions like, well, if I created this product, would you love it? Or would you find this useful? And when you do that, you're going to get misleading answers. But what you can do is ask them open-ended questions like, how do you feel about losing weight? Or how do you feel about exercising as a way to lose weight? So you want to ask open-ended questions so you can really, because a lot of times people don't even know what they're struggling with. They know there's like this big thing that they're dealing with, but they don't know the deeper part of it. And yeah. when you ask open-ended questions like that, it's actually eye-opening for them too. It's really yeah. insightful for them too. And it is for, you know, that you, that you're asking it as well. So, so I would like go in levels, right? If, if let's say the first level is you're in Google, take that, right? And then go, let's say another deeper level, maybe go inside groups. And then from there, you can take another level, maybe go on Amazon. I mean, chances are that no matter what topic that you're in, there are books on that same topic and you can scan through like reviews of people. But when you do that, I would tune out, um, like don't look at reviews that are like five stars and don't look at the reviews that are like one stars because maybe the five stars are the people who were paid to leave reviews. I'm being cynical. <laughs> and maybe the one stars are just, you know, people like, like to complain. 
but like pay attention to the two and three star reviews particularly that those are gold mine because people will share like I was struggling with this and this book helped me do xyz or I wish this book had touched on this gold mine to just try to understand where they're coming from and a collection of all of these would at least give you like a starting point and the last thing that I would recommend doing is if you have a way to access this audience interview them talk to them right yeah. it's like now at this point you have some ideas you can now validate your ideas by talking to them but again be careful not to ask direct questions when you talk to them ask like open-ended questions and one way you can sort of get get them to go deeper is to ask a question like drill down like three or four times for example if you ask them like how do you feel about xyz and when they give you their answer then say well tell me more yeah. Right? And then they tell you and then you say, oh, that's really interesting. Tell me how is that? Tell me more. Like get them to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And chances are you will get to a place that is a solid place, right? As a starting point is a solid yeah. place. Yeah. But then at the end of the day, you know, these are all still something that you need to, you know, to put out there and you need to still validate further. And my last advice is before you jump in and create your offer, your service or product, create a little contents, mini contents around that topic now that you've validated it and now put it in front of the same audience and see how they react to that, right? And if yep. their react, reaction is positive, if this, you're, you, know, you hit it on the nail, that's confirmation for you, then now you can go ahead and create a product or service around that. Awesome. Ellie, those are golden nuggets. I'm sure that it is absolutely valuable. I know that I learned a few things while you were sharing these uh, Oh, tips. come on. I'm sure you knew all of that. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yes. And there's a difference between knowing these things and implementing them consistently. And I've experienced it. Let me be very vulnerable is that I can say, yeah, I know that, but what else? But I always ask myself the question, am I doing it consistently? Because then I know it from an intellectual side as well as from an experiential side perspective. Because there's a lot that we know intellectually. I mean, you can go on YouTube or if you hop from webinar to webinar about all of this information, but information alone does not change you, doesn't get your results. It's information at applied consistently, not once, not twice, but consistently over a period of time that will really give you the information about, is this working for me or do I need to tweak some things? If you do that after the first week, then you might be tweaking too early. So I always say that I need to listen to some of these messages multiple times because each time I hear something different because I'm in a different phase of my entrepreneurial journey. So I'm one of the people that is a big advocate about this. You can never share this too many times. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. And you know what? I'm guilty of that too. I mean, there are things that I advise my own clients and they implement it and they get results. And I'm like, okay, I should be doing this myself on a consistent basis. Like, why aren't you doing this? So I totally resonate with what you just said. Yeah, and it's always easier to give someone else advice than to actually apply the same advice to yourself because we've got blind spot. We need someone else to say, did you hear yourself just now? That is brilliant advice. And you go, yeah, it is. Bloody hell, I should have done it myself. So 
Ellie, thank you so very much. If people want to are listening to this and thinking, oh, I want more Ellie, how can they best connect with you? Absolutely. So my website, elinatoli.com. I have a ton of free resources on this topic, creating a framework, building your audience, doing the research. And also I do have on the website, the very first thing on the top, there's a free training on the framework that I just talked about. There are like five videos in that training where walks you through every stage of this framework. Um, It's also at elinatoli slash roadmap. Yeah, it walks you through the entire journey to take your clients through. Awesome. We will make sure that we add that link to the description of this episode. Thank you so much again, Ellie, for joining us and giving us your valuable time and wisdom on this episode. Thank you so much for having me. This has been by far one of the most fun (laughs) interviews that I've been on and shows that I've been on. Thank you for making it so fun. I love your personality. Love your energy. Keep being awesome. And um, I'll be following you because I've been learning a lot from you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love to get compliments. So thank you so very much. We aim to make this fun for our guests and for the listeners, because let's be honest, life can be heavy. So it doesn't have to be all of the time. So for those of you that have listened, thank you again for listening to the episode of the Entrepreneurs Sushi Club podcast. I am sure you have enjoyed listening to this episode. We've dropped many golden nuggets and Ellie has shared with us her roadmap to success, which I do recommend you go through it. And do take a moment and share with us what your biggest insight and takeaway was in our Facebook group, the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast, the community where you can connect with other sushi adoring entrepreneurs and learn the variety of personalities that we have in our community. And you will find the link to this group in the description with this episode. And if you know anyone who can benefit from listening to this episode or any of our other episodes, feel free to share with them because sharing is caring. For now, have an amazing day wherever you are in the world. And I am looking forward to seeing you on the next episode.